Well, Pastor, I appreciate giving, you giving me the, off, the opportunity to, to share tonight. I know he, he mentioned, uh, you know, offered for me to share my testimony and teach some of the word, and I thought, oh boy, this is fun. And um, I really thought, what, uh, what do I want to really, what did I want to pass along? There's a lot that's happened in my life, as, every, as has everybody, you know, and, um, but I thought I really wanted to share with everybody, God really was impressing upon me this past week, a uh, breakthrough that I had. Um, about eight years ago, and um, uh, what happened was, uh, this was just a really defining moment in my life. You know, I, I grew up in the Christian, as a Christian in the church, um, very, you know, focused on learning the Bible, learning the Word, learning to, to kind of live it. Um, but at the time, I was, uh, about eight years ago, I was dating a girl that was very strong spiritually. She was active. She was a you know, had that strong faith. She was a strong believer. And, um, you know, we were kind of going in separate directions in a sense. And um, what happened was uh, the kind of the defining moment for her was like some, God told her that she just, I don't, and I'm kind of jumbling all over myself right now, but she basically said, I don't feel spiritually led by you. And when I heard that, because, you know, the woman is, is, you know, to find a head, to find a man that she wants to follow and, and Mary, right? And you know, that's why we date, right? <laughs> and um, she, she told me this, that she didn't feel spiritually led by me. And it really, it wasn't, I knew it wasn't malicious. I knew it wasn't to harm me. She didn't say it for that purpose, but it really kind of hit deep and realized, man, I want to be that. I want to be someone that someone can follow spiritually. And so that really kind of cut me to the core in a sense in a conviction way, because what I realized was that uh, she said that, you know, I was, a lot of my life I was driven by emotion. You know, I, was, I wasn't really walking like I was grounded. I wasn't really stable in all of my ways, in a sense. You know, we know uh, in, in James, it talks about an un... What is it? I can't even think of it right now. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And that's kind of where I was. I, I believed God. I loved God. But I wasn't really grounded. And what I realized was that I didn't know the Word. Here I've been raised in the Word. Here I've been raised in church. Here I've been hearing it all this time. You know, but I hadn't really made it my own. I hadn't thought about how it applied to me, how it applied to my life. And um, the fact of the matter was, is I just wasn't grounded. I, and the real issue was that I didn't know chapter and verse. I didn't know scripture. See, I was aware of all these doctrines. I was aware of all these, you know, these concepts and these, these um, yeah, just doctrine. And ultimately what I realized was all I knew was opinions. Just understanding doctrine is just, and when I say doctrine, I mean like, you know, like there's Baptist doctrine, there's, you know, whatever, Catholic doctrine, all these, there's doctrines, not this kind of doctrine. And um, so I didn't really know chapter and verse. I didn't really know scripture. I didn't have a firm grasp on, on any of that because, well, I just didn't have any scripture to back it up. So I realized I need to learn so I can be grounded, so I can be sure about, who, you know, what I'm doing in this life. And so... This, that, that started, that, that prompted a, a, a pursuit to learn Scripture. And I realized that knowing Scripture is vital to a believer. Because I started looking at our number one example, Jesus Christ. Um, I, kn I knew that we needed to know the Word. I knew that I needed to know the Word. I knew I needed it as a foundation for me to stand upon. Because without it, my life was showing that I was unstable. I was unsure in all the things that I was doing. And so... I started looking at Jesus as that, as that example, and I realized the secret to his ministry was that he knew Scripture. He knew the Word. He studied it. He made it his own. 
it was the foundation in his life. And, you know, he, he just, when you think about what did he, how did he defeat the adversary? You know, he faced the devil face to face. You know, the Diabolos um, in, in, the, in the wilderness trial. He faced him head on. And it's like, what did he do? Did he straight, you know, flex his muscles and say, bring it on? No, he flexed this muscle which, in which, with which scripture came out of it. And, um, and so that's how he fought off the devil with the phrase, it is written. You know, Matthew 4, 4, we're all familiar with that. It is written, thou shalt... Uh, I'm thinking of the other one. Um, man, oh man, how does it go? Help, help me! <laughs> it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I tell you, these spotlights, they get you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so that was, it is written, that was his standard. That was his, his, his truth. And that's how he, he lived. And that's how I want to live. So, you know, I know there's that, that thought that, you know, he already knew the word when he was born. Well, the, uh, Hebrews 4.15 says that we have not an high priest which cannot be tempted um, or touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He can't be, he's not a high priest that can't be touched with our, the feeling, feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin, yet without error. He didn't make the wrong choice. He faced everything that we faced. He faced all the challenges that we faced, and that includes learning the word. That's something, a big part of our lives that we have to develop, whoever we are. And so Jesus had to learn the word. He had to apply it. And I haven't said it yet. I don't even know if it's up there, but um, the title of my, my sharing tonight is Pursue Your Growth. Jesus Christ pursued his growth, and that's, our, that's what we want to do in our lives is to pursue our growth. Um, so for him, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't automatic. He had to learn it. It wasn't easy street for him. He had to apply himself. Uh, just like everybody else, he was a human being, and uh, the word says he was a human being and that he had to learn and grow as we do. So let's turn to Luke chapter 2. If you guys want to turn there, you can. I'm going, to, I, I, I'm going to read out of the King James just because that's the old King James. That's what I'm familiar with. <laughs> As you guys know, it's very similar to the new King James. But um, uh, we're going to look at you know, what he did and what happened in his life. And we're, going look at, we're going to look at verse, start in verse 40. And it says, And the child grew, this is Jesus, The child grew and waxed strong in spirit and filled with wisdom, and with the grace, and the grace of God was upon him. And what's really neat is that that word grew, Jesus grew and waxed strong. That word grew is the Greek word oxano. And oxano is used in God's word as in reference to, you know, like plant growth, human growth, spiritual growth. And um, actually in the, the previous chapter, it talks about how John, literally the same phrase, John the Baptist uh, grew and waxed strong. Same, same phrase. Um, different person. So Jesus Christ had to grow, and that, that growth is, is it's, it, it means to, oxano means to increase and grow from the vitality inside, the vitality inside, kind of like a seed. Plants grow gradually, continually, cell after cell. Um, and the, the biggest ticket to this, ver to this word is that it's without compulsion, without, it can't be forced to grow. Um, uh, Jess did a teaching last week on uh, gardening, how God's our gardener. We have the, the, the analogy of gardening is very uh, uh, apropos to our lives and the spiritual life and the walk. And 
Uh, Jess, can you force those plants to grow faster? Nope, she said that, right? <laughs> you can't do it. You can't make a kid grow faster. You can't make yourself grow faster. You know, by, by compelling it to grow faster, it's a process. It takes time. It takes intentionality. And uh, so in this record, up to this point, Jesus was only 12 years old. It says that in the next, uh, in this, in the next couple of verses that he was 12 year, only 12 years old. And um, this is the record where he and his family were going to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And as we all know, he, his parents headed home, and he's stuck behind. <laughs> and they thought he was coming with the caravan, right? But he wasn't with them. So they had to come back. And we're going to pick this up in verse 20, uh, 46, um, where they went back and found him. And it says, And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. This is Jesus Christ, hearing and then asking them questions among these doctors, these, these theologians. Um, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. They were astonished. Twelve-year-old. You know, in that culture back in those times, in the Eastern culture, a youth of 12 years old was allowed. That they, they, they were begun. Oh, my English is off right here. They were being allowed at that age to um, begin asking questions of their teachers and so here Jesus was listening and asking questions. And to those people that are watching, his knowledge and his acute perception were apparent. It astonished them. And let's go on and see that, you know, so he had to learn the word. And, that, and as we saw, it was that oxano growth. It was that continual growth. And we know that that comes from uh, persistent application. Verse 52, um, he then, it then says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So that word increase is pretty, pretty amazing. It's a really neat word in the Greek. Uh, it's to drive forward. It's, 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 you know, to drive forward steadily with incremental process, progress. With incremental progress. It's to advance. It, one bit after bit after bit. So it wasn't, it wasn't instant automatic. It was a process. So I think it's important for us to realize that Jesus had to apply himself just as much as we do to learn the word and to make it our own. And... Um, one little point I want to make about that is that if you skip forward just a couple pages to Luke chapter 4, um, this, I remember when I first heard this, this was just fascinating to me, seeing this, uh, this record and what happened here. And I'll pick it up in verse 16. This is where he's basically in the beginning of his, towards the beginning of his ministry, and he's referencing back to how he was being prophesied. And this is a reference of uh, Isaiah 61. And it says in verse 16, and, he, and, it, and it came... And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered to him, unto him the book of the prophet of Isaiah, or Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath, and he, now he's reading, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent um, me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Um, and I don't think I included verse 20 here, but it says, and he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. He stopped. And then at that point, he's, it's, all the eyes were fastened on them that were in the synagogue. He got their attention. What was really neat about this, a couple of cool points is that he, first of all, he closed the book where his 
the, the last part was that he, that, that, um, that he had to accomplish in his life. He closed it at the proper time. And first of all, I should probably say it wasn't a book. It was a scroll. They didn't have books like these back then, right? They didn't have books like this. They certainly didn't have the printing press back then. That came on a, little, a, couple, a couple years later. But um, <laughs> they didn't have books. What they had was scrolls. And the other interesting thing to note is, yes, the, their books were you know, labeled. They didn't have chapter markings, and they didn't have verse divisions amongst these books. It was just a big, long letter. Imagine saying, hey, give me that scroll. I'm gonna, I want to find, I'm going to read it. Because they didn't, they didn't, they stood up to read the word. They sat down to talk about it in that culture. So he stood up to read, and he had to find it in that spot, and he read it. If he, did, if he wasn't familiar with the scrolls, how would he have found it? You know, that wouldn't have happened. He knew the word like the back of his hand. He knew how to apply it in every situation. This is a really good example of how Jesus Christ knew the word. He knew the scrolls. He had it buried in his heart so that he could call upon it whenever he needed to. So um, let's, uh, let's, skip. let's turn over to another really neat verse that uh, in 1 in, uh, Timothy, if anybody's using old-fashioned books. We don't use them scrolls today, but we're looking at using Bible books here. But um, we're going to look at some of God's will for us in regards to the word. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says, who will have, this is talking about God, who will have all men to be saved? Praise the Lord. That's God's desire. He wants all men to be saved. I love coming to this verse when people say, ah, he doesn't, he, it's kind of, you know, uh, it's not for everybody. What does that say? It says it's for everybody. He is will, God's will is for all men to be saved, and that's not all. And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. That's God's will. You want to know what the word knowledge is? It's the Greek word epigenosis. If you guys haven't figured out, I love the Greek. Greek is pretty amazing. There's so much depth to it. It's full discernment. It's complete and exact comprehension. It's correct and precise knowledge. Why? Why? That's God's will for us. Why does God, why is it so important to God that we come to, unto full discernment of his truth? because he wants us to understand. He doesn't want us to be floating through life, you know, running around in the dark, not knowing what to do, not knowing what or why, we're, you know, things are the way, the way they are or how to, how to live. It's, it's for our benefit. It's for our benefit. And just God wants us to understand. And he doesn't, like I said, he doesn't want us in the dark groping around aimlessly. He wants us to be equipped. And that leads on to one of my next favorite verses, and that is 2 Timothy 3.16, most of you are probably very familiar with this. 2 Timothy 3.16, and it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration of God, that phrase is God breathed. Literally, it is translated God breathed. Theopanustas. It is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is right, uh, right teaching. It's, it's the standard. Uh, for reproof. It's for showing you when you're doing something wrong. That's what uh, Scripture is for. It's also for reproof. It's also for correction. It's to show you how to get back. Get, that's, not, that's not a line. This is in line. <laughs> get back in line with, with, with God's standard and with his word and his will. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's training. That's discipline. Um, this is all, this, all these descriptions I'm giving are from the Greek here. It's amazing digging into the Greek. 
That's what scripture is for, is for those four benefits. And that's great. But next verse, verse 17, it starts with a really important word called that. That. That is a small word, but it's a small word with big meaning. That indicates purpose. This is why God gave us the instruction that, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good's work, good works. Perfect is to be complete. God wants us to be complete. He wants to, us to be equipped. And uh, that, uh, that word thoroughly furnished, notice that it's thoroughly, not thoroughly. Like, I can wash my hands thoroughly, but I can't wash them thoroughly. Can I wash my hands thoroughly? No, because I can't get in there. <laughs> God wants us to be fully equipped from the inside out and from the outside in, if you, if you want to put it that way too. But it's entire being fully equipped unto all good works. And we know that you know, receiving the spirit of, of Christ in our inside is a major part of that. So, but that's why God gives, wants us to be fully equipped as we, and, and we do so through you know, having scripture for those four purposes. So um, I've heard people say, and I've, maybe I've asked this question myself, but I've heard it said where it's like, well, why do I need to do all that? Is it necessary? Why do I need to learn all the scripture? What's the point? Is this, is this really necessary? I'm not going to be a pastor. I'm not going to go into seminary or ministry. Why do I need to learn all this stuff? Christians have told me this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but the question I ask is, do you want to be successful in your life? Do you, you want the most out of it? Um, you know, do you want to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil? Let's, let's turn to um, Ephesians chapter 6. I got a good answer for this. <laughs> um, you know, we don't have to be working in ministry. I mean, you, we don't have to, to be in those positions to be able to benefit from this kind of thing. And we're going to see that here in Ephesians 6. And we're going to look at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, everybody's heard this one. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Whole armor, you think part of that includes scripture? Think part of that includes the word? Yep. It's that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, verse 12, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are a lot of reasons why we should be, you know, you putting on that whole armor. And that whole armor, like I said, includes God's word, knowing his word. Wherefore, verse 13, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand. How many times have I said stand here? It's pretty cool. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Truth sounds like the word, doesn't it? Truth is the word. Truth is scripture. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Where do we learn about the breastplate of righteousness? Where do we learn about you know, righteousness? It's from the word. You don't have it. It's kind of empty, right? You don't have the, the reason by, behind which what you believe. You've got to have a reason behind you know, what you believe. And in verse 15, 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Gospel of peace. That's have, you got to have something to talk about there, right? <laughs> we got a lot of gospel to talk about. Not just Jesus's, but also the... You know, Paul's gospel as well, the, the great mystery. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Where do we, what's faith again? Faith comes by hearing Facebook, hearing TV, hearing YouTube. Well, if, if those things include the word, maybe, maybe then you could say, okay, yeah. But, you know, that's, 
we learn, we grow in our faith by hearing the word. Again, we've got to have the word. Wherewith, continuing, it says, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, just like Jesus did. He had quite, quite the fiery darts to, you know, dodge and put up with. He did it. He was successful because he used the word. I want to follow his example. Take, take, and take, verse 17, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the interesting thing about this word, word, most times it's logos. You know, it's the written word. But this word is rhema, and it's spoken. It's the spoken word. And that's our, that's our, our, our the sword of, our, of the spirit is the spoken word. That's what we can take with an offensive on and on in offense, if you will. So in this, in this, um, in this question of, of how do I grow, and I, you know, I knew that I needed to learn the word, so you know, how was I going to do it? Let's turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And what I realized is that, you know, in, in preparing this, and this we all know, this is maybe obvious, but the mind takes time, and the mind takes effort to learn and grow and, and to retain things, especially when it's involving behavioral subjects. And when we want to change our behavior and do things more properly, it takes time and repetition for us to, to kind of get it because, you know, those brains, they can, they can be sometimes hard to get through. But uh, 2 Timothy 2.15 it says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We want to rightly divide. I want the rightly divided word. I don't want wrongly divided word. I don't want opinions. I don't want false. I don't want untrue. I don't want fake. I want what's real. I want to know what is true. I want to know what is pure and exact. And that's how we, and we do that. How do we do that? By becoming workmen of the word. By becoming, by making it our own, by learning how to write, we got to rightly divide by becoming a workman. And that word study is spadazzo. And the word study is, um, is to extend, expend a diligent effort with the brevity of time and mind. It's to expend effort. And, you know, we are to be workmen. God calls us to be workmen of the word. And that involves extending, making a diligent effort. And it's not just of our thought, but it's also of our will. And you know, when we do this, we won't be ashamed. We won't be ashamed of our work if we invest the time and energy uh, to find that truth, you know, that rightly divided truth. So what's it going to take to study? That's kind of a simple question, but um, it may be an obvious one, but it takes time. It takes commitment. It takes, um, it takes work. And uh, it takes, you know, intentional effort on, uh, to apply ourselves. And um, one of the conclusions that I came to from my story was that you know, thinking about who Christ was, thinking about who, even Paul, look at Paul. I mean, that guy, that guy knew the word. He just needed to learn how to apply it properly. And when Jesus came in his path, he figured that out, right? <laughs> um, but what I realized was that I want to become a scholar of the word. I want to know the word so well that I can apply it and I can recall it. It can come to mind when I need it. And um, so I want to, I want to become a, a scholar of the word. I, I don't ever want to stop growing. And it's, and it's the question is like, are you ever going to get there? Are you ever going to get to that point of whatever, full maturity? I guess you can get to a level of full maturity, but you're never going to stop growing. You're never going to stop learning. You're always going to be improving. And one of the questions that I came to was like, why would somebody not want to drink from the fountain of life? Why would somebody not want to, not want to partake of the 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 source, the resource that is life. 
God gave us life. He put us on this planet. He made everything, and he gave us the instructions for how to live. And it's like, man, you want to get, go to the instruction book. You, you buy a car, you buy a phone, you buy whatever, and you want to know how the thing works. You want to know how to take it apart. You want to know how to put it back together again, torque, it, torque the bolts right and all that stuff. Check the tolerances. You go back to the manual, the engineers that put the thing together. They, they kind of know what they're talking about. I've rebuilt cars, I've rebuilt my engine, transmission, dirt bikes, been in and out, all of them, and they work great, by the way. My car is over 100, it's nearing 100, 270,000 miles, and I don't burn a quarter of oil, but maybe 4,000 miles, that's pretty good. But it's because someone took care of it because they followed what the engineer said to do it. Well, here's, the engineer gave us the instruction manual to life, and we have it right here. So why wouldn't somebody want to learn from it? If you study that word and let it make your, itself at home in your heart. We, we, we hear about abiding in, 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 in Jesus and in God. We, wanna, we want to make that word at home in our hearts. And if you do that, man, I tell you what, you'll become great at every endeavor you pursue. I'm going to make that claim. You're going to become great at any endeavor you pursue if you make that word at home in your life and find that rightly divided word. Um, you'll get what you desire because not only... Will you be, you know, have these tools, but God will be on your side helping you get it. You're going to have access to his power in your life. And that's, these are the things that I was, I'm saying this to you. I'm realizing these things myself in my own life. Um, so how, what do I study? What specifically do I study? Well, I was, as I was asking that question, I thought of uh, Jeremiah 15, 16, um, um, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. Jeremiah, when he found the word, he ate it. And what does it mean to eat it? It means to consume it. It means to digest, to assimilate. To, it was his nourishment. It was his energy. It was what he lived upon. He found it, and he just consumed it. Man, what, what do we have in life that when we find it, we get really excited about, and we, we just devour it? For me, it's motocross. Anything motocross... Man, I am just excited about it. If I see it on TV, I watch how they ride. I study it. Yeah, I know. I know what your subject is. <laughs> you know, there's things that we love, that, but we, we got to learn to love the Word as well. And so one of the questions I want to ask is, you know, what do we study or how do we study? The question is, has anybody here heard an inspiring sermon on Sunday? I think I have. I know I have. So I have been just so blessed by what I've heard, you know, by all you guys, even on Wednesday. It's not just a Sunday. It's Wednesday as well. I mean, there's so much awesome word that is taught. And what I realized, so I just moved to this area. I just moved in May. And I've been to the church a couple times in the past when I was visiting mom and dad. And um, I, I, you know, it was actually that first series that you started in uh, Hope. The hope and then faith and I don't know if it's a five or six part series. Incredible, was, you know, between um, you know Sunday and Wednesdays um, services and it just hit me so deeply. Um, and I learned that I realized that it was challenging my walk. The word was powerful itself. It was really inspiring, but it was also challenging me and my thought process and my behavior and how I was living. On, and in hearing the the examples and the stories, I thought I want that. I want that. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of these things. I'm familiar with, this, with these things. But, man, it was so much more. It was so powerful the way that you shared it, the way God was communicating it to us. It was, oh, I wanted it. 
I wanted that content in my life because I wanted to live it. I wanted to see it. I wanted it to be a reality for me. And so I realized I needed to learn it better. And um, so you know what I did? I studied it. <laughs> Spudadzo, right? <laughs> That's a hard, uh, you, you didn't see that coming. Of course you did. Um, I spent some in, in, intentional effort. And what I, was, what I did was I started, I sat down, I downloaded it onto my phone, the videos, because I didn't want to burn a hole in my data, I'm watching it over and over and over and over and over again. I wanted to keep my data and use it once. But um, I downloaded it and I started watching them. I started taking notes. I watched it repetitiously. I, not just once, because there's so much depth to those. I mean, 40 some minutes a piece how much, how much truth, how much convicting amazingness is in that? How many, how many truths are in one minute of, of, of that conversation or that discussion? Man, it's a lot. I took notes. Um, um, I, I journaled, because you know, when we study the Word, when we dig into the Word, when we read it, God talks to us. God shows us things sometimes, like I shared the other day about, you know, my, I had a uh, an issue, a clutch issue, has nothing to do with my rebuild, or <laughs> it's just something that wore out, okay? <laughs> uh, God, I was studying, and boom, this thought, this thought came on. That's some of the benefits that God has for us when, when, we, when we pursue him. Um, but anyway, so I spent time and I, 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 to, to learn it, and I did so to retain it. And one of the things that I learned in college was that this concept of the learning pyramid. Has anybody ever heard of the learning pyramid? Awesome. One other person has. I don't feel alone. <laughs> the learning pyramid is a, a retention rate. I think it's. Not, I went to school for management in college, and it's kind of applied psychology. I'd imagine this applies to teaching as well. Retention rates. It, it defines. I should have put a picture up there for it, but it's the retention rates of different mediums of learning. And lecture is the top of the pyramid. Therefore, the lowest amount of retention. And unfortunately, that's one of the main ways that we have to use. Uh, to, to get the word out there, but the cool thing is, thanks to it being available to review and listen to and study in the future, you can engage more and retain it better. So, what I realize is that you know our brains are you know they take time to and effort to 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 get through. Our brains are kind of stubborn. You hear it like, man, that was so exciting, that was so amazing on Sunday, and then I realized Sunday afternoon I was like, what was he talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> because it doesn't stick as fast. So this, I'll speak for myself. So I learned that I had to really dig down and, and, and work it so that I could assimilate it and digest that truth and let it meld into my heart so that it could make its impression. And it takes time. And unfortunately, it may, may take longer for me than it may somebody else, but do what you gotta do to make it happen. You gotta learn it. We gotta learn it. So um, the other question is, you know, what, what should I study? Um, just start digging. Start seeking after it. They got the Bible. There's a lot of stuff in there. What I did was I started with the basics. I grew up with a ministry that had something called the foundational class. And I was like, oh, that's a good place to start. So all these foundational subjects with Scripture, lots of Scripture based upon, you know, uh, establishing these points, these, these foundational lessons. So I started there. And I started digging. And I started applying it and making notes in my Bible and doing things to, so that I can understand it and remember it. And the cool thing is now it's in my Bible. I don't need to go dig through some study books to find it. It's all right here. I did what I needed, what I needed to do. Not everybody needs to do that necessarily, making notes and Greek, dig into the Greek and the Hebrew and all that silliness. But 
I love it, so I'm an analytical person, but um, that's what I needed to do. And, uh, but whatever it is, find, the, you know, find verses. If the verse really just resonates in your heart and just clicks, find a way to retain it. Memorize it. Work it. Remember it. Because, you know, you, you, our, um, you have to have something, the spirit, our spirits have to have something to recall. God, uh, Jesus said that he'll bring things into our remembrance. And if you got nothing in the library, you're not going to have anything to pull from. So that's another reason why we got to have scripture in our minds so the spirit can have something to tell us and remind us. That happened a lot during this, in the preparation of this teaching. Boom, scripture here, boom. Where did that come from? Oh, I know, that's the spirit. Pulling, making, re- pulling references from, I don't, know, I, I don't know what reference it pulled it from in my mind. but <laughs> um, So that's some of the benefit as well. If it's empty, it's not going to be able to recall anything. So, and, and one of the promises that we have in the Word is that as we draw nigh unto God, I think this is in, I should have looked it up, Peter or James, Peter, draw nigh unto God, draw near unto God, and he'll draw near unto you. That's a promise, and it's a never-ending process. And the, 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 the more and more we do it, the closer and closer we'll get with God, the more everything will make sense. And I'm saying this in my own personal experience. Things just work. And... Um, you know, we become men and women after God's own heart when we constantly pursue him. And that's something that I want to be God to say about me, a man after God's own heart. Um, I love God. I love what he's done for us. I love what he's given us. His, his love is in just unfathomable. It's incredible. And to know that he made this available to us is powerful. It's, it's inspiring. And to, then to know that, you know, going off topic here, um, just go to it since I, I don't know I haven't memorized it. I should. But John first John three sixteen um, says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, so ought we to lay down our lives for the brethren. We know that God called us not to be dead sacrifices, but living ones in uh, Romans 11, uh, 12, 1 and 2. I think it's verse 1. We now have the privilege to give this life-giving amazingness, this love to other people. So if you don't know it, how can I, if I don't know it, how can I give it? I, I have to know it. So one of the practical things that I also uh, practiced was um, setting aside time. Um, for me, what has been very instrumental in my spiritual life has been quiet time, morning quiet time. I learned it from Rick Warren. He has a little... Uh, section in his appendix of one of his uh, Bible study methods in that book that he has about how to have a meaningful quiet time. And wow, I tune the, one, of the, one of his first points in there, one of his main points in there was tune the instrument before the orchestra. I am a morning person. To me, I, I just, I'm, my mind is works and I'm clear and I'm focused. And not everybody's a morning person. I realize that. I saw a laugh in the crowd. <laughs> um, but it's important to get our minds on track, and that's, that's what I found was really instrumental for me, was to tune my mind, tune my heart, bring it back to the spiritual. Sometimes you got crazy, silly dreams, and <laughs> i got to get focused, and i got to get back on what is, what is important. And, and, and anyway, having, making a schedule, making time for it. We've got, if you want to learn it, if you want to have a successful life, we've got to make time for it. And I was homeschooled, so I kind of grew up with that whole teach-yourself concept mentality. And it kind of, I guess it could say it came easy to me, but um, I was taught it anyway. It didn't come easy to me. I was taught it. Thanks, Mom and Dad. 
Um, but, you know, anyway, morning quiet time, wind down time at night. For me, that's been really huge to just kind of calm down. Pray. And, of course, all this includes prayer. I mean, we're talking about studying the Word here, but it all applies to prayer and every, all those other things. But it's just I found it to be really helpful to do that. And just, the point is just to make schedule it into your life. And, um, and I just want to encourage people to realize that, you know, it's not a pain to, and it's not a lot of work. It's, it's for your benefit. It's, it's for our benefit. It's for each person's benefit. And man, oh man, the growth that comes from it is, is so sweet. So, and one last, one last point I wanted to make was that don't wait for a catastrophic, catastrophic event to wake you up. That's what I ended up doing. Um, it, I shouldn't say that was, I guess, getting dumped in a sense was kind of catastrophic, but, <laughs> but it's okay because she wasn't the right girl for me, so that's fine. But, you know, we heard a, we heard a, a testimony this weekend on Sunday of a, of a gentleman who um, was battling, well, he was Christian, then he kind of got away from God, and then boom, he gets hit with this crazy stage, I think it was stage four cancer. And he had this event in life that really shook him, and praise God, he came to God for that. And we all, most of you heard the story that, you know, he was delivered. God delivered him. Um, many people, you know, don't get in that position where they get, kind of get lazy. I speak for myself. I got lazy. And even since that time, there's been times that I got lazy in my mind and wasn't really applying, wasn't really pursuing, wasn't really seeking after God. And just life tends to go downhill from there. Um, so we don't want to get lazy in our mind. We don't want to get lazy in our disciplines. Um, but, uh, so, you know, we, we, <laughs> I tell you what, I realized the amount of time I was spending, I only was spent time on Facebook. That was my crutch was wasting away time on Facebook, but we, we have time. We have time. I had time. Facebook, Instagram, TV, surfing, the internet, YouTube, the adversary's got all kinds of options for us to be distracted with. We got to be aware of what's happening and make sure we make time for this and for God and for learning and man. Um, so if that's something that you want, if it's, if, if growing in the word and, and developing yourself and retaining the things that you've been learning, that you've been seeing, wherever the source is, make time for it. We've got to make time for it. Um, it's so powerful. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not done with that series. I'm going back through it, going back through it, going back through it. I love it. Um, so um, let me conclude just by saying that, you know, I've, I've, I've experienced the profit of this, and um, I've gained, gotten a lot of peace out of it. It's given me lots of peace. It's given me understanding. Literally, it's given me profit because <laughs> I've gotten better at my business. I've been able to apply it. Um, you know, that my, it's improved my walk with God, my relationship with God. It's gotten so much deeper. And, you know, I'll put a shout out there for a really one of my favorite resources is John Eldridge. I found it, I'm like, this is so amazing. So you know what I did? I put the book away and didn't look at it again. No, I shouldn't be lying, right? <laughs> God says to put away, put, put away lying. No, I studied it. I worked it. I loved it. And I learned a lot from it. Um, so it'll give you guidance. And uh, basically, um, I, it has kept me from being stagnant. So continue, pursue your growth, and uh, you'll you'll certainly reap the benefits and the rewards. So um, that was what I want to share. So I guess I'll close in prayer. Or do you want to pray? I don't know. Father, I thank you for this time that we've had together. I thank you for your glory, for your love, for your, 
your grace in our lives. I thank you that you've given us that instruction, that, that manual, that plus you've given us your, your son who lived it out excellently, perfectly. And uh, thank you for the, the, the simplicity that your walk is, that we can follow it, that we, we can enjoy the benefits, that that's what your desire is for us, is joy, so that our joy may be full. That's why you gave us this amazing word. You gave us our, the instruction manual to this life. So thank you so much for your, your care for us, for your guidance in our lives, that we can follow you, that we can move forward and just keep walking greater and stronger for you so that we can be our greatest and do the greatest for you, Dad. So we thank you for these, and we thank you for your son, and we lift it all in his name, Jesus Christ. Amen.